Hallelujah. How many people know that God is good? Come on, give God some love out there. He's a good, good father. Hallelujah, Lord. You're worthy, God. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Please remain standing. Open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. I'll be reading verses 7 through 11. Sounds good. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting in verse 7, it says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracle of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. It's a good word, God. And we ask, Lord, that it be so engrafted into our life that it changes us, transforms us, renews us, Lord, so that we are more like you in every way we possibly can be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. Wow, what a wonderful scripture. What an awesome thing that God wants to do through you. He wants to manifest his gifts. He wants to manifest himself in you as the moon reflects sunlight. So God wants you to reflect his image out to others. Ooh. I'm a little serious tonight, and that's right there in my message. You know, it says the end of all things is coming. You know, when I look at the news and I look at the signs of the times, it's like the end of all things is coming. And it's like we got to be ready. And we got to be ready because Jesus is coming soon. And when he comes back, he's looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. Hallelujah. He's looking for people like me and you gathered together. I just love that, the fact that he's not looking for a man or a woman without spot or wrinkle. He's not looking for a horse, okay, without spot or wrinkle. He's looking for a church. My goodness. Whoa! He's looking for a group of people that's gathered together in his name. Seeking his face. Praising him. Loving one another. In fellowship with one another. Praying. Expecting his soon arrival. You can't be a church all unto yourself. In order to fulfill the requirements of this scripture, you have to be in a church. In a fellowship of believers. Hallelujah. Standing tall, being strong. Oh, you, you might not feel strong, but you're about to get strong. God is in the business of lifting you up. God is in the business of encouraging you. He'll get you up out of the muck, out of the mire, out of the clay, and get your feet on solid ground. God is in the business of helping you. A lot of people say a lot of things about God. But they forget he's an ever-present help in time of trouble. He is the one person you can count on in your midnight hour. He's the one person you can count on when nobody else can see you. I don't care where they put you. I don't care where they confine you. I don't care where, where you, they try to hide you. They cannot hide you from God. <clears throat> and even better than that, you can't hide you from God. 
don't care how slick you are slick. But God is omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. You can't go anyplace that you can go and be without him. No place on earth, no place in heaven. No place in outer space, no hole you can dig, no rock you can hide under, that he don't know where you at. He knows where all is he is, is at at all times. Ooh-wee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little serious, you understand, because the time is serious. The end is at hand. He's coming soon, and he's coming back for me and you. Hey, not just for you, not just for me, but he's coming back for us, baby. Hallelujah. Whoa. He's coming back for a church. Hallelujah. Y'all stop that. Okay. Praise the Lord. It says in verse 7, the end of all things is near. Therefore, it says, be serious. You know, stop playing around. This ain't no joke. You got to be serious. We're not here to play church. We didn't just show up here to sing a bunch of songs, jump up down and be happy, although... That's like icing on a cake. That's a beautiful part of the church service. That's what fills me up, and that's what, you know, gets me going, gets your motor started. But God's here to fill you up, to give you some more of him so you can go out there and not represent yourself in your own attitude, in your own thing, but to represent him, his attitude, and his heart toward people out here on the earth. God's got a mission for you. While you're all caught up in your stuff, while you're all confined by your situation and circumstance, God's trying to bust you out. God's trying to set you free. He came to set the captives free. What's holding you back from being and doing what he called you to be and do? Well, whatever it is, God has come to break that thing. God has come to crush it. God has come to release it. Some of you are so sick. You, you, you can't help nobody. Up. God's come to heal you so that you can be free, so that you can represent him. So he can pour forth the kingdom through you. So that you can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. God's not done with you. Everybody take a deep breath. Everybody who did that, God's still working through you. God's not done with you. If you were done... You couldn't take a breath because you'd be dead. I'm just saying. You know, the Bible says God gives you the heart. You know, he, you only exist at his will. And if you exist, he has a purpose for you. But you need to be serious. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know that serious, the Greek word for serious is, is sophronio. Sophronio, meaning to be of sound mind, to be sane, to be self-controlled, to be moderate, sober-minded, restrained, disciplined, able to reason. It's from the Greek words sozo, which means to save, and friend, which means the mind. And the word describes our behavior and our attitude. The attitude and behavior that we should be displaying as we approach the end of this age. It is the same word that is used in Mark chapter 5, verse 15 of the demoniac. It says, then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed, and had the legion sitting clothed and in his, right man, in his right mind, and they were afraid. You scare the snot out of people when you show up in your right mind. They said, what? He ain't drunk. What? He ain't all drugged out. What? They ain't sick. They jumping up and down. What? They ain't talking all crazy. 
They're not talking that wild stuff. They're in a right mind. Girl, what happened to them? And you get to tell them, Jesus is what happened. Jesus is what happened to me. He changed me. He did in me. You know, I'm sorry for all that you people out here that think that Jesus ain't did nothing for you. And stuff. Now, all of y'all beautifully and fearfully and wonderfully made. And it's a shame you can't recognize that that was God's dealing, not your mama and your daddy. Okay. <laughs> you know, it was God's doing because he gave you the mama and daddy that produced you. Not only that, he sent this spirit and put it in you before you were ever born. You were born in with his spirit in you. Well, how can that be? You know, you ought to read your word. You know, that's why John the Baptist leapt while he was in his mama's belly. When he came in contact with Jesus, who was in his mama's belly. And they did the belly bump. But if you're going to be who God called you to be, you got to get serious. You can't be playing around. You can't be messing around. You can't be playing tiddlywinks and running out there and off there every little thing. Oh, you know, space. Space is a vortex in which something goes into it. Never, it absorbs all. Who cares? We're never going into a black hole. We're not going in there. Okay? Hallelujah. Let's get about God's business. Stop worrying about all that ethereal, crazy kind of stuff that people see on TV. You got to be serious. Stop playing around. Stop joking. Don't be playing with God. If you get serious with him, he'll get serious with you. Ooh. And he'll do great and mighty things to you. He'll do great and mighty things through you. Oh, yeah. God's, God wants to use you. God wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit, get you out of your mess and your distress, and send you out there to rescue other people. Weep, doggy. Uh-huh. Yeah, he all in that cowboy stuff. Rope them, brand them. Uh-oh. Hallelujah. And then send them back out there. Represent him. Ah. That'll catch up to some of y'all. Ain't cowboys. It not only says that you need to be serious, but you need to be watchful. In Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44, it says this. But of that day and hour, no one knows not even the angels in heaven, but my father only. But as, the days, as, as, but as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two men will be in the field and one will be taken, the other one left. Two women will be grinding at the meal. One will be taken, the other left. Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed the house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. You're going to be out there playing around and not going to be serious, and Jesus is going to show up, and it's going to be too late. Therefore, you've got to pray. You've got to be serious. You've got to be watchful. Wow. You know, the end of... All, in all these times, is a, is a study in the Bible. It's a doctrine of the Bible. It's called eschatology. It's a study of the end times and what's going to happen in the end times. There's a lot of things that's going to happen. People are just going to be running around like in the days of Noah. And people are going to be doing what they always done. See, a lot of people think what's going on now is all new. Oh, this is so new. We've never heard of such a thing. Yeah, it's always been going on. You know, this is the first time in this country it's been legal. <laughs> Which ought to tell you something. How did this mess get legal in America? The strongest Christian country that I know. How did it, how did it happen here first? Before any place. I mean, we're just going wild out there. 
It's crazy. Y'all heard the story about that, that, that 50 year old man that, that want to be a, a, a seven year old girl and put back in the, in the third grade? And then somebody went and adopted the fool. And is living in somebody's house as a seven year old, a 50 year old man is living in somebody's house as a seven year old girl. I mean, we laughing, but somewhere, somebody's paying for that seven-year-old girl, that 50-year-old man to live as a seven-year-old girl, and it's coming out of our pockets. We paying for this mess. People start acting crazy. Oh, we'll adopt them, and we'll give the state, will give you, you know, uh, whatever, four or $500 a month, and that kid can stay in your house. Okay. Right. I'm almost about to move to Canada. <laughs> Boy, I just like, I don't know. I don't know what will happen if they start that stuff over here. But anyway, I was talking about eschatology. You know, Jesus said in the, end, in the last days, he said, this is what's going to happen. They're going to call evil good and good evil. Yeah, it's crazy. While we sit here and not being sober, not being watchful, you know, trying to get that, uh, you know, that other car, trying to get that plane and that boat, and the world is going to hell in the hen basket. You know, I'm just saying. Hallelujah. It's going to be all right toward the end. I just want you all to know that. It gets better than this. You know. Where was I at? Okay. We got to be watchful. Okay, okay. And it says in verse 8, it says, Above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins, according to 1 Peter 4, 8. It says, oh my goodness, it's crazy. We're supposed to love each other. Ain't that crazy? That's a, that's a wild thing because Jesus said this. He said, the love of many, in the last days, the love of many are wax cold. You read it in verse 8. It says, above all things, have fervent love for one another, and love will cover a multitude of sins. Do we have a, a, a fervent love? You know, a lot of people say, oh, I love you, brother. Love you. Yeah. You know, we used to sing this song back in the hood, action speaks louder than words. You know, and you know, when you say you love somebody, man, and, and no liar is going to heaven. And you know what? We need to stop lying. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Woo, Jesus, we with you, Lord. Hallelujah. We love you, God. But I don't know about that person sitting across the aisle. You ever been in church? Don't raise your hand. Hallelujah. With somebody you did not love. I mean, you look back there and lost all your salvation. Yeah. Not, I know he didn't, or I know she didn't show up. And, it, and you lost all your love and stuff. Well, you know what? They need God, too. Why are you messing with them? You know? It's a funny thing, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's cool, though. We have to learn how to love each other. Oh, that's all I'm saying. We got to get our act together. So whatever, whatever that means, you know, we need to love one another, man. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to tell you what that don't mean. That don't mean if I need 20 bucks, you got to give it to me. <laughs> but you do have to love me, Okay. And you do have to go to God and say, God, what can I do for my brother and for my sister? You know, God, I don't want to do it. And because I don't want to do it, I'm going to do it. God, I don't like them that much, but Lord, give me a love for them. Help, help me, God. Help me, Jesus. Help my unbelief. Help me. Help my unlove. Help whatever you need to help in me, but help me. You know, God ain't asking us to be perfect, but he is asking us to try. Oh, Jesus. I told you it was serious, okay? It's right there in the Bible. 
Be serious. Be watchful. Be praying. You know why you need to pray? Because you need to know your Father's voice. Because in the, in the last days, it's going to get dark out here. And all kind of false Christ is going to rise and say, Hey, look at me. You know, I'm the Christ. They're already trying to say it. You know, some people called Obama the Savior. <laughs> okay. You know, it's, it'd be trippy, but there are people that believe that. You know, that is crazy to put your trust in a man. Y'all better be careful out there. It's the lies that are going around, and if you believe them, you'll fall into the pit. Don't believe the lie that you cannot love your brother and your sister. Don't believe it. You can you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do it. Don't let the world lie to you. You need a fervent love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35 say this, a new covenant, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also may love one another. By this you will know that you are my disciples. Excuse me. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. When the people come in here and see us loving each other, they're going to go crazy. They were absolutely, I know that he is in the same room with him. There's got to be a God. There's no way. When they look at us, look at us, man. I wish y'all could see what I'm seeing. It's like the Muppets, okay? We just, all different kinds and all different colors and all different shapes and sizes. And we just all sitting there staring at each other. It's a wonderful sight to behold. Hallelujah. It goes on to say in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, it says, Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. It's nothing to be, you know, hospitable. Yeah, you can be nice. And then as soon as they leave, you're going to start grumbling. <laughs> they come in here, eat up all my food. Oh, come on, y'all. Oh, I got to drive them over here, drive them over there. I'm so sick of that. You know, but God says, give and it'll come back to you. Press down, shaking together and running over. I'll be having some of that. In Hebrews it says, man, you entertain angels and stuff unawares when you be nice to people you don't even know. And stuff, come on. There's a blessing in obeying God everywhere. But I like verse 10. It says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Wow. As each one has received a gift. What gift, Pastor Vince? Well, turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I'm sorry. Romans chapter 12. Where is it? Okay, I got it. It's in here somewhere. Uh-oh. Get some water? Okay, praise God. Can you bring it here? I'm talking to my wife on secret communication between her and me. Hallelujah. Can you bring me the water? Look at that. Ladies and gentlemen, the most beautiful woman in all of Mexico, my lovely wife, Minister Ava. Praise God. Got a baby blanket here for me to wipe my hand. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you guys there in Romans chapter 12? Oh, what a beautiful scripture, but I got to hurry up. Romans chapter 12, look at this. This is, this is just an amazing chapter. First of all, I got to read verses 1 and 2 because I just love them so much. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, your living sacrifice. That means you willfully lay down your life. Okay? And what that means is that you don't have to die. 
You just have to die to yourself. And you have to be and do what God has called you to be and do. You have to make up your mind. I'm not going to do what I want to do. I want to go play tennis. But no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go knock on somebody's door that I've never met before and invite them to church. Praise the Lord. Amen, Pastor. Glory to God. Right, right. Okay. That's okay. I do it myself. It's all right. I do both sides. I do my side. I do your side. Okay. <laughs> and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Why don't you do that? But read, look at verse 3. It says, For I say, through grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. You got a measure of faith. For, we have, for as we have many members, okay, I'm done to preach now. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them in prophecy. And it goes on to start naming some gifts that we're supposed to use for each other's. God gives you gifts, and they're not for you. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I give you a gift, but the gift's not for you. It's for you to use to help somebody else. Now, somebody's going to use their gift to help you, but you're going to use your gift to help others. And others are going to use their gifts to help you. That's what's making us a, a church. That makes us the church that God is coming back for. That makes us a church without spot or wrinkle. Not that all of us don't have spots, but we all are being using our gifts, and all of you, and those gifts are manifest through us, so our spots don't show. When God comes back, He's coming back for a church that's working together, moving together, praying together, loving together, going through thick and thin together. Wow. Going to church doesn't mean that we don't have a problem. It just means that we're not going through the problem by ourselves. Now all of us is going through the problem. If the, if the hand hurts, the whole body hurts. You understand what I'm saying? If the toe hurts, I'm telling you, I can't, you know, ooh. I got up in the middle of the night, and I was going, you know, where you go in the middle of the night, you know, I don't all the time go to the bathroom. Sometimes I go to the refrigerator. Praise God. But that's just me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. But you ever kick that, that for some reason your toe hits something? And I'm telling you, I catch my toe right at the right spot to where that little thing takes over the whole body. Oh, the whole body is moaning. Oh! Oh! Ah, mama! You know what I'm saying? That thing hurts, man. So when the toe is hurting, the whole body is hurting. And, and, and the Bible says there's even something special about the parts that cannot be seen. Because I'm telling you, man, if your pancreas is hurting, it's going to get to you. If your liver is hurting, you don't see it, but it's going to get to you. Everything that God says that we should be in the church, that bearing one another's burdens, we should be about it. Your life ain't just about you. But this is what I'm talking about to you. I'm talking about you being the person that God created you to be and doing what God created you to do. How to get out the hole, how to get out of the ditch that you're in. You know, how to get out of your rut and how to get out of your funk. How to get your healing. How to go out and do and be the kind of person that God created you to be and do. Instead of just walking around and watching people and doing things. How you get involved? Are you involved in a Bible study? Are you involved in the life of the church? Are you coming to a prayer meeting? Okay, praise God. I'd like, I'd like seven people to come into the prayer meeting. I got you. 
Oh, no, no. I go to the prayer meeting, so. I know. I know what seven it is, too. Praise the Lord. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but you know, if you're going to enjoy the kingdom of God, you got to get in on what's going. You ought to be in a discipleship program somewhere with somebody, learning something you do not know. All of us are in a Bible study. You know, all of us are being taught. All of us are being mentored. All of us are being discipled. Every last one of us. If you're in this church and you think you've arrived and there's nothing else wrong with you and nothing else needs to be worked on within you, then you need to go to another church. Because God is working on everybody that goes to this church. From the pastor on down, we all being worked on. And the day we stop letting Jesus work on us is the day we need to check out. Okay. But you know, I tell people, you know, bring your wild, crazy kids. I got them. Shoot. I bring them to church. <laughs> Let somebody else take care of them. <laughs> Shoot. Them crazy things ain't staying with me, man. No, man. I ain't done it. I okay, your kids are perfect. Fine. Okay. I got grandkids, boy. You turn your back on them, they disappear. And then when you find them, you wish you had them. <laughs> she, whoo. They made the boys, they good kids. In a kid kind of sense. Yeah, you know. All your toilet paper into the. Just like, it must be a thing. You know, just. Y'all looking at me like y'all kids never did that? <laughs> okay. Last thing I want to talk about is that. Verse 10 says, we have received the gift that we are to minister it to one another as good stewards. you got to be a good steward. Now, a steward is a manager, okay? A steward doesn't own what he's managing, okay? A steward is not the owner but the operator and only exercises the power, resources, or responsibilities given to him with the best interest and with the same mindset as the owner. We got to have the owner's best interest in mind. Wow. And we got to have his mindset. We can't do stuff with our own attitude that God has given us. Well, you know, God chose me. To, yeah, but you can't act like that. You got to act like God would act. Ask Moses. Okay. You can't represent yourself when you go to give, do something that God has told you to do towards somebody. You've got a gift inside of you. God wants to manifest that gift into the body. But you, can, you have to manage it the way that the president of the corporation wants you to manage it. And you've got to use it the way he wants you to use it. Because there's coming a day where you have to give an account for how you used what he gave you. Oh, you're fearfully and wonderfully made, the Bible says. Who is man? Hallelujah. And who am I, God? You're so mindful of me. And you, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. It says such great things about you in the Bible. I don't care what the world says about you. I don't care what your past says about you. Okay, God is into all changing all that stuff. Ooh. To make you the person that he's called you to be. You got to be about your father's business. You can't be running around this world all la-di-da like you want to do. You got to do it the way God wants you to do it. And the way he wants you to do it. Yeah, come over here. You know, I'm only here to give you this meal. Because you know, I have no. Keep your meal. Jesus said, I'll raise up somebody else. You got to represent me. Hey, let me tell you this story. And I'm going to finish. It's a mama story. Because I always really think, you know, when I think about preaching to y'all and ministering to y'all, that I have a little, give you a little piece of me. My mother used to make this deep, this meal. It was called spaghetti and neck bones. Anybody here ever had spaghetti and neck bones? Okay, see, that's, no, not meatballs, neck bones. Neck bones, baby. Woo! I'm going to tell you what I was driving down the road the other day. I was heading down to Palma Wasilla. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> and this aroma came into my car. I'm not joking. I'm sitting there driving. Okay, this aroma came in my car, and I'm like, what's that? And I had this memory. I just flashed. Shoo! My mama cooking neck bones and spaghetti. That stuff was so good. I know you ain't never heard of it, but it was so good. 
And I go, Dag, I hadn't had that, I hadn't had that in, you know, oh, shoot, now, 40-something years. And I only had it like maybe six or seven times in my whole life. Why would neck bones come into my car? Neck bones and spaghetti. All right. It's got a spaghetti sauce and neck bones in it and, oh. Yeah, my mama could cook. Any, anybody make you like neck bones and spaghetti can cook. All right. And I found myself missing my mama. And I was like, you know, my mama died, you know, last year. And I'm like, I will never have neck bones and spaghetti again. I said, wow. And I said, God, I miss my mama. And see, that's when we, when we start feeling something, we should always talk to God about it. And God says, I know why you miss your mama. And I went, God, you know, because I'm thinking I know. And I thought, I know enough about God to return it to him. And go, God, not that. I know, God. No. Uh, God, what do you mean? You know why I miss my mama. And he told me. He said, because your mama was unique. There's only one of them. And, and said, that one person is the only person that could do what she did. And I go, wow. And that expression, now watch this. Because he said, that expression of me in the earth is now removed forever. And I went, whoa. And they said, you know, that expression of me in the earth, you now miss. And it has returned to me, never to come to the earth again. You might not never eat neck bone and spaghetti again. But, you know, but it's all because, you know, your mama was a unique woman in the earth. She says, as a matter of fact, now, you know how God turned his thing into a lesson, right? So he was like, boom, he says, every individual that was ever made and created on the earth, every unique expression of myself is represented in each and every last one of them. And when they go, they will never be represented on the earth again. I went. The water's getting deep in the car, Jesus. Hallelujah. But then as I start to, now you meditate on what God said. As I start to, I said, what? I said, oh my goodness. And I, and I read this verse, talked about the manifold. Wisdom of God. And I'm going, oh my goodness. The, the manifold, the, the many-sided each, each shard of a gem, each side, each perspective of God is represented in the people in a church. And they're all precious. And they're all necessary. Can the hand say to the foot, I no longer have need of you? I think it says the eye says to the foot, I no longer have need of you. Because where would the seeing be if it wasn't for the eye? You know, and where would the going be if it wasn't for the foot? They need each other. We need each other. And now watch this now, his unique expression, his manifold. Do you want to see God? Look at the church. We're supposed to represent him. Each of us being a little gem, a little chip off the old block, so to speak. Hallelujah, our part. And we're to be endeared to each other. We're to be precious to one another. Say, that thing is precious. There's no other, no other expression of me. And that person that you can find anyplace else in the world, we're all unique. We're all special. That's why God wants us to be together. That's why he wants us to be healed. That's why he wants us to be full of his Holy Ghost and of his power. He has a purpose in bringing the people. You remember in Acts it says God added to the church. Every day he put somebody in the church. Every day he added to the church. Who are we to say? That person doesn't belong here. There is something unique. I'm, I know, I know, they messed up. They tore up from the flow up. But you were like that once. And look where you're at now. God's all in the bout shining that thing up. Getting that thing back in the right seat of the bus. Getting it amongst a, a, a congregation that's willing to allow it to come in. So you have to be like that with other people. You have to allow them into the fellowship. You know, I go visiting. I go in some houses, Jack. I, I double dog dare you to go in. And I got to sit in there and act like everything is fine. Except, but it's not. I'm like ready to pass out. To you. 
<laughs> well, how do Jesus love? <laughs> but I say, God, help me. And God shows me that that person belongs in the fellowship of Christ somewhere. And it's my job to get them motivated, to get them activated, to, to disciple them and bring them alongside as best I can, get them involved in the life of the church so God can now manifest himself through that recreated piece of him that he sent on the earth to be a blessing to all. Wow, you are a manifested part of God, a part that's irreplaceable and is very unique. There's only one of you, and God desires that you be raised up, that you become the person that he created you to be, so he put you in a body, he put you in a place where you can become that. He put you inside his body. He put you inside his church. Oh, you have gifts and callings that you know not of. But you have to go through the refining process. Now, I got to end my message. But you know everything has to go through fire. So it can be refined and all the impurities burnt out of it. All the trouble that you've been through. All the mess, all the muck and the mire is now being burnt away. And you're becoming who God created you to be. Do not stop the process. Do not abort the process that God has you in. He has a process of lifting you up and bringing you out so that you can represent him and be a reflection, be a, a facet of him in the world. Hallelujah. Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, let's just pray, church. Jesus. Help God. Help her now, Father. Pray for complete total healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. All right, let's not gather around. Let's just have a few people do it because she needs air. Hallelujah. Y'all, she going to be all right. Hallelujah. Help is on the way. Hallelujah. Let's all lift our hands, lift our voice. Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, we take authority over this attack of the enemy, Lord. And we command him to go take his hands off our sister, Father. We decree life right now, Father. We speak life right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And we just thank you, Father, for a quick Hallelujah, this recovery right now in Jesus' name for complete and total healing in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. And we thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. We're going to continue to pray. And believe her for healing. But look, let me close this message by saying, I want you to know that you're precious and that we realize that and we know that and we're doing everything that we can to help each other be everything that we can. Hey, y'all got to trust God, man. She all right. God got her. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where's your heart right now? Hallelujah. Y'all need to get your eyes on God. The devil is a liar. Hallelujah. That's, you know. Hallelujah. She needs to be in an atmosphere of faith. The people believing. Hallelujah. And we believe. Well, Father, we just thank you for your word tonight, God. And how precious we are in your sight, Father. And I just pray, Lord, that people would know and they realize, Lord, that, God, you're working in their lives to see them from the point that they're at now to the place that you want them to be, Lord. I pray that you would work on us all, God. Do a work inside of us. Do a deep work inside of us, Lord. For you work from the inside out. I also pray, God, that right now you would touch people's hearts. And before I give, Lord, the, the altar call, 
that people would be willing to come into your kingdom tonight. Everybody look at me. If you're here tonight and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I just want you to know that you can't be the part of God that you want to be unless you're energized by God. And that's only going to happen that if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Even though this is a very private and personal thing, it's done in public. Jesus hung on a cross in public for you and died. But three days later, he rose again and again presented himself alive. If you can't stand for God in here, you can't live for God out there. So if you're here tonight and you want to receive Jesus for the first time or you want to rededicate your life to him and you want me to pray for you, simply raise your hand right to your hat. I thank you for those hands. Anybody else want to come to Christ tonight? Hallelujah. Why don't we just stand? Everybody stand. Hallelujah. If you raised your hand to receive Christ, I'm going to ask you to work your way out of your seats and come and stand with me right here on this altar. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. everybody on this altar and everybody in this room to repeat this after me and mean it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm asking you tonight to forgive me for all my sins. Forgive me for all my mistakes. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Write my name in your book of life and make heaven my home. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. In Jesus' name, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that all that say that prayer, Lord, to receive Jesus into their heart are now saved, Lord. And their destination is no longer a place of out of darkness described in the Bible as hell. But it's a place, Lord, where you've gone before us and prepared a place for them and us also, Father. That where you are, we may be also, Father. So I thank you, Lord, for your hand being upon their lives. And I also pray, God, that from this day forth, they will never, ever run away from you when they make mistakes. But when they make mistakes, Lord, they will cry out to you and they will run to you, not from you, where they will receive mercy, grace, forgiveness, restoration, acceptance, salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, somebody give God a, a praise offering. Y'all, y'all just wait a minute right here. Counselors are coming. I just want y'all to fill out a little paper, especially if it was your first time for me. Hallelujah. They're going to come right here and get you, and everything is going to be all right. I also want to extend an invitation to you. If you feel lost, is, as if the world's got you in a dazed and confused place, if you don't know and understand that you have a place in this fellowship 
in a place with the body of believers, no matter where you've been, because it's not about where you've been, it's about where you're going. And you need prayer. I want to pray for you right at the end of this service, as soon as I dismiss. And you can come stand on this altar. I'll be here at midnight if I have to. Okay, I'm not in a hurry to go anywhere. I want to pray for you. But I'm going to pray a prayer of dismissal. But if after that you still want to come and stand on these altars, I want to pray for you. you know, if you need prayer for any reason. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for what you've done in this place tonight, God. We want to thank you, Lord, that you have identified us, Lord, as something precious in your sight, God. Whoa. Lord, we pray, God, even another prayer, Lord, for, for Mama Joyce, God, that your hand is with her, God. Hallelujah. That she's going to recover 100%, Lord. We thank you for that. We also thank you for this, for this night, for this time of fellowship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Your traveling mercies, Lord, on all that are here, that they will arrive at their destination safely. We just want to bless them. Bless all here in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you if you need prayer. Okay, if you want to exit, you need to exit up here on the left and on the right at these exit doors here because they need that area. But if you do need kids, if you got kids in the back, you can't go through the lobby, but just stay right on the path and go right straight to the back if you please, okay? Hallelujah.